Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Hey, welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today from wherever you're watching, listening from. If this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm new. If you fill out that short form online as a way of saying thank you, we're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that is listed. Hey, today we're jumping into a brand new teaching series just in time for the holidays. Man, I, I love Thanksgiving. I love Christmas, the food, the lights, the traditions, all of that stuff's great. And of course, you get to see family, right? Like, you don't get to see family all the time. And so those holidays are so good because you get to see folks and exchange memories and have a lot of fun. But it can also be really difficult. Like we all have family members who are just really tough to love. And really, it's, it's not even just our family, right? It's like it's coworkers and neighbors and friends who, if we if just come out and say it, they suck the life out of you. Like you, you know some people who do that, right? You know what I'm talking about. Like there's the person who's just always critical. They're constantly seeing everything you're doing wrong and they call you out on it. Uh, there's the guy who's like super needy and whatever you do for them, it's never enough. And you can't forget about like the hypocrites, the people who are kind of like, hey, you know, uh, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> you know, like how do you love folks who are just difficult like that? Well, you can't ignore them because God calls you to love people, right? Love God, love others. You can't cut them out of your life. So how do we, how do we love them? And, and that's what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks here in the month of November. We're going to talk about how to love difficult people. And to get it started, the first type of person that we're going to focus on today uh, is the controlling person, you know, the manipulators in your life. How do we love people who like to control and manipulate? Now, you guys all know someone who fits this bill, I'm sure, right? I mean, some of you have, have been hurt by those who try to control and manipulate you. Maybe they were you know, an authority figure in your life. It was a friend even, you know, um, maybe you're, if you're an empty nester, yet you're an adult, you have kids, you know, who can kind of do that too. So it happens that way. Uh, but most of the time, people who are controlling, you know, they're not malicious. We think they are, but they're really not. Um, they're just needy. They're often insecure and they're hurting just like other people are hurting. Some of them really mean well, and they're trying to get us to do what, what they think we should be doing. And the problem, of course, is, you know, when you don't do what they want you to do, well, they become cold. They give you the silent treatment. They whine, they complain, they look for ways to make you miserable. So you'll give them an inch. And well, when you've had enough, you cave. And it's just not enough for them, you know, because they just take more and they keep pushing and they ask for more. All the while, you feel like you can't do anything right. And you're walking on eggshells around these people. So how in the world do you love them? Well, first, let's look at the weapons that controlling people have. They use threats and they use guilt. Now, they may not explicitly threaten you. Often they'll imply a threat and it tends to have this kind of, you know, hey, you better do that or you're going to regret it. You know, if you don't do this, you know, you know what I can do. You know who I know. You know what could happen. Uh, you know, if your boyfriend pressures you into some stuff and threatens to end the relationship otherwise, hey, that's a threat. Okay, if your supervisor terrifies you and makes you feel like you're constantly going to get fired or demoted, that's a threat. Controlling people use threats all the time, and they often pair threats with this other weapon we just mentioned, guilt. And they'll say things like, you know, 
I thought we were friends, but you never help out when I need it. You never hang out with me. You don't really love me. You don't know what's going on in my life because you're not around for me to talk to. I'm a nobody to you. You're always too busy for me, you know? So how do we as Christians love those who either intentionally, or I would argue often unintentionally, uh, try to control and manipulate us. Let me take you to Matthew, and I want to take you to a story that involves Jesus and one of his disciples named Peter. Now, Jesus is really clear. He came to do God's will while on this earth. Peter, unintentionally, tries to do what he thinks is right, which in this case is take control of Jesus. And in a very unintentional way, he's, he's distracting Jesus from what God wants him to do. What does God want? Well, Christ is going to come and suffer and die for our sins, and then God's going to raise him from the dead. And so Peter basically throws this, you know, his hands up in the air, and he's like, no way, no way is that going to happen to you. And it plays out kind of like this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. You know, he's previewing his sacrificial death, right? Verse 22, but Peter took him aside and he began to reprimand him for saying such things. Look at this, heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. And so Jesus turns to Peter and he said, get away from me, Satan. <laughs> How would you like Jesus to tell you that? You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view, but not from God's. Then Jesus said to the disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you have to give up your own way. This is key. We'll talk about this here today. Give up your own way, take up your cross and come follow me. So you may notice sometimes, you know, that controlling people, uh, they'll, they'll try to isolate you. You know, they'll take you aside from everybody else so they can influence and impose their will on you, which is what Peter does here. He's trying to do that. He, he wants Jesus to do what he sees, you know, is the right thing. And, and what does Jesus do when that manipulation begins? He, he calls Peter out and then he addresses everybody and tells them if they want to follow him, they have to give up their own way of living. So how do we love those who try to control and manipulate us. Well, Jesus tells us here in, in, in the story, he lays out three keys. First key is this, know your purpose. Know your purpose, know why you're here. Know what God's called you to do. Jesus knew his why, he knew his purpose. He states his mission consistently throughout his ministry. Why was he here? Well, he says in Luke chapter 19, that he came to seek and save those who were lost. That statement right there tells us who he came for and who he didn't come for. In Mark chapter two, he says, the healthy don't need a doctor, it's the sick that do. He says he didn't come for those who were living godly lives, but for those who were in sin. He didn't come to serve others, but to serve them and give his life for them. Jesus knew why he was here. He knew his purpose. And that's why he tells Peter, that Peter is not seeing things from God's point of view. He doesn't grasp Jesus' purpose just yet. And for you to love those who are trying to control you, you have to know very clearly, by the way, what your purpose is, what your why is. Now, I know my purpose. I'm here to love my wife, to give my life for her, to raise my kids and a family who love and serve the Lord. I'm, I'm to teach the word of God and pastor his people. Like it's really clear to me what my purpose is. But you know what the problem is? 
I, I tend to be a little bit too much diplomatic, if I'm honest with you, right? Like I'm, not, I'm not a full-blown people pleaser, but I definitely lean kind of that way. I think most of us do. Like some of us are just flat out all in on the people pleasing type thing, which is really not good um, because that can become an idol in our lives. And so what we're doing is we're, we're wrongly putting people's views ahead of what God's purpose is for us. That's why we have to be clear on what our purpose is, because if you don't, other people will tell you what you should be doing and how you should be biding your time and living. And it's not exactly, by the way, often what God has called you to do. And so knowing your purpose creates clarity in your life. So you don't please people with clarity, right? You can't do that. You recognize you just can't do it. Uh, you can't be everywhere. You can't be with everybody. You, 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 what you do is you have tunnel vision for what your purpose is and why you're here. And that's a killer for someone who's controlling because every person who controls and manipulates other people, they have an individual who allows it. So that person who just does the controlling has a problem. And by caving into them, you're allowing that problem to persist at your expense, right? So know what your purpose is so you can have clarity and stop allowing that controlling person to impact your life in a very negative way. Second key, recognize when someone's trying to control you, okay? Recognize when someone's controlling you. You have to both recognize and acknowledge someone who's pushing you down a path they want you to go on. That's, what, that's exactly what's happening right here with Peter and Jesus. Peter's pushing Christ in a direction that he's really not meant to go in. Says, hey, Jesus, that whole death thing, yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. It can't happen. I won't let it happen. Now, Peter, he was a good guy, right? I mean, he, he would never have intentionally meant to harm Jesus or distract him from his purpose. He loved Jesus. In fact, just before all of this took place, Jesus asked his followers, hey, who do people say I am? And after some responses were given, Peter says, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. I just want to throw this out there again, <clears throat> that most of the time, uh, the people who are trying to control you or manipulate you, they're not bad people. They can be, but many times they're not. They mean well, they care for you, often they love you, just like Peter. But in this moment, Peter did not recognize God's plan. And because of that, he was trying to manipulate Jesus and exert some control over his life. And that's why you have to recognize and acknowledge that when someone is manipulating you, you got to do something about it. You need to acknowledge when someone's doing it, even unintentionally. They're guilt tripping you, right? They're threatening you. They're trying to isolate you. Recognize what those signs are and know your purpose. Know your purpose. Recognize they're trying to control you. Stay in your lane. Do what you're supposed to be doing so that you're not pushed in the direction you're not supposed to go in. And then here's the third and final key. You got to draw a line in the sand. You got to draw a line in the sand. You got to know when it's time to draw that line. This is exactly what Christ does with Peter. Peter's making the case for Jesus to, to do what he would like him to do. And, and, and there's just no way that Christ is going to die, right? And so what does Jesus do? Well, he, he draws a line. Enough is enough. Get away from me, Satan. <laughs> what a rebuke. I mean, Jesus says a lot of things to a lot of folks, but this statement, you know that had to cut deep. But what's the reason for such a strong statement? Jesus has in mind God's will for his life. Peter, as Christ rightly points out in his explanation, has a human point of view. He's not able to see what God sees. Imagine for a moment, just imagine how this could have played out. 
Jesus actually cares about Peter's perspective of the situation so much so that he elevates Peter's opinion over God's will. And so Peter's saying, yeah, no, you're not going to die. Not today, not ever, not going to happen. So what does Jesus say in this scenario? Well, you know, I mean, I really need to do this, but I don't want you to be upset. Hey, Jesus, if you go through this crazy scheme, I'm done. I'm out. I'm not following you on socials anymore. I'm not having Friday morning coffee. Like, I'm not partnering with you on anything. Like, I'm done. No, 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 don't do that. Like, hey, Peter, you're, you're right, man. Like, you got a point. I'll make some things happen. I'll shift some stuff around. Dude, we'll make it work, right? I mean, what if Jesus was, was really wrongly wrapped up in Peter's point of view like that, to the extent that he elevated above God's will for his life? It would mean that he's giving up control of his life over to Peter, wouldn't it? Someone else is now directing him and leading him. And by the way, it's not God, it's another person. And that's precisely why it's so dangerous to give control over to someone else in your life, because they're the ones who will lead you and direct you and not God. We need to know what our purpose is, what we're called to do. We need to recognize that when someone's trying to control us, you know, we, 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 we're trying to take away God's purpose in our hearts. We, we, we got to do something about it. And that something is we got to draw a line in the sand <laughs> with the intention that we're not going to cede any control of our lives over to somebody else except for God. Like God's the only one who should have control and influence over us. So Christ, of course, doesn't allow Peter to do that. He instead calls him out for what's happening. He sees it even though Peter can't see it. And so because Peter's viewing things from a human perspective and not God's, he's falling in line with the enemy, the devil, who is attempting to keep Jesus from carrying out his purpose. You know, it's not Peter who's the problem. It's not the person trying to control you who's the problem either. It's the enemy himself. So what if in your life there's somebody that you care about? who even loves and cares for you in return, but is dysfunctional as truthfully, I think we're all dysfunctional to some degree because nobody has it together all the way. Um, but in their dysfunction, they're trying to distract you, even pull you away from your higher purpose. Maybe, maybe you idolize what they think of you to the point where you're elevating their view of you above God's will for your life. And you've begun to value less the view of God and value more the view of man. And that's why Jesus tells Peter, look, in this moment, you don't have in mind the things of God. You're seeing things from a human perspective, and we're going to have to change that, right? Like, that, that's, that just can't stick. So what do we do then? What do we do? Where do we go when we recognize we've got an unhealthy relationship with somebody who's controlling, who's manipulative, who threatens us, who guilt trips us, and now we find ourselves doing something that we're not called to do because we've given in? Let me give you a, just a couple quick solutions because for somebody listening, watching out there today, this is going to be really freeing for you. It's going to cause you to, to move your relationship to a higher ground instead of settling for what's lower with that person. So first, you need to know this, that relationships you have in your life, every single one of them, are a combination of what you've both created and allowed. Every relationship from your spouse to your coworkers to your siblings, your kids, is a combination of what you have either rightly and intentionally created for yourself or what you have passively allowed 
to take place. So we create patterns, right? And patterns can either be healthy or unhealthy. But this is true for every relationship that you have. The guy who drives you crazy, the neighbor who's always in your business, to the spouse that you love, all of them are combinations from what you have created and what you've allowed and the patterns that are set into motion. Second, if you don't like what you have, change what you expect and what you accept. Okay? Know when to draw a line in the sand. Jesus loved Peter. Peter got the answer right earlier. He's the son of God. God did reveal that to Peter. Good job. Okay. But a moment later, he's telling Jesus, no, 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 no. Like, you're not going to die. And Jesus is telling Peter, Peter, you're wrong. I'm not letting your desire to take me away from what God's called me to do. How do we change what we expect and what we accept? Well, we don't let people talk the wrong way to us. They can love us. They can care for us. You know, we can show the same in return, but we're not going to bail them out here. They can yell, they can throw fits, they can cut us off, but we are not going to have someone pull us away from what God has purposed for our lives. Really important. You ever been in a store and uh, you know, you've seen a kid, maybe like two or three years old, and they just throw a huge fit. You know, before kids, by the way, before kids, your attitude is like, man, woman, control your child, dad, get your kid in line, right? Like, if that was my kid, I'd take my belt, you know, whatever. But then you have kids, <laughs> and you're really good on laying the law down on some things, and at first it works out. But then they try to wear you down. Like, toddlers are little terrorists, all right? They know how to wear you out and grind out your perseverance, and 20 minutes into a meltdown, you kind of do like a partial surrender and give them something that's kind of what they want, but not fully, so you can still feel a little good about your parenting skills in that moment, you know? So now, like, when I'm a store, it's like the Hunger Games, bro. Like, when I see a meltdown, I'm just kind of like, I just got the whole Katniss thing going on. Like, I get it. I get it. I get it, bro. I'm there. Uh, But those meltdowns, they don't happen often, right, to parents who grasp the situation. You can't prevent it 100% of the time. But as a parent, you know you can't tolerate this. There has to be a consequence to this behavior. And after enough meltdowns, your kid gets it, and they begin to stop. What do we what do we do with people? Um, what do we do with people that we love? And we, we have to set standards high. Hey, you're not going to talk to me like that, son. You're not going to use the word divorce in our arguments, baby. I'm not giving in to the guilt trip tactics. You choose to love consistently. And when you do this, most of the time, the controlling person actually gets upset, which is a given. They might even double down on their dysfunctional behavior, and, and, and you're going to have to draw a line in that sand and, because you're redefining the dance you've got going on with them. It's a dysfunctional dance, an uneven relationship. It wasn't healthy, and now that's going to change, and you're, you're, you're really kind of forcing that change to take place. And in this process of change, the person who's controlling actually winds up being hurt which is inevitable, like that's, that's, that's gonna happen. And it's hard, because you love them, you care for them, you don't want them hurt, but it hurts every day when someone's taking someone else away from the will of God for their life. So even though they're hurting, you know something better is on the other side, both for, for, for you and also really for them. So we've spent much of this teaching talking about those people, those controlling, manipulative people. Uh, one of my favorite songs, man, is Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. Oh, I love it. Some of you, when you finish watching or listening, you're going to listen to it right after this, right? It's just, it's a great song. And it has a great message because often when you want to make a difference, you want to make a change, he says, right? You got to look at the man in the mirror and ask him to change his ways. If you got real honest with yourself today, 
would you notice that perhaps you're the one who's doing the controlling? If you're honest today, you like, you know, you like playing chess in people's lives a little bit. You like moving this person here and that person there. You like calling the shots. And when we operate in a controlling and manipulative manner, you know, we're playing God. That's one of the things that Lucifer did. In fact, it's, it's what God, it's what he got kicked out of heaven in the first place. You know, he had the desire to be God. And the problem with being God is that you don't make a good God, and neither do I. And no matter how much guilt tripping you do, no matter how many threats you lob someone's way, do you have the power to fully change them? Well, of course, the answer to this question is no. You don't. But God does, and God can bring about the change that's needed for, for that person's life. Do you have the ability to control your kids' futures and open and close those doors? No, but, but God can, and God does. Can you threaten or guilt trip somebody into overcoming an addiction? No, but God can bring about complete healing, and He can bring about freedom. When we recognize we don't have the power to control, we stop trying to be like God, and instead we surrender ourselves over to Him. And that's why Christ says right after the strong statement of Peter, that if you want to truly follow Him, what do you have to do? You have to surrender your life. What Jesus is saying here is, you're going to have to give up control of your life, just like He did. You're handing the keys over to God. It's God's will and not yours from that moment on. Why is this so important? Well, because any time we let someone else wrongly control us or any time we try to control somebody else, we're, we're trying to be like God. And the only way we can truly follow Him is to give it all up, to surrender to Christ and entrust the people we care so much about to Him. We're going to trust God's Spirit. We'll do the work of bringing life change. And we're going to pray for and love those who need that change as well. Can I pray for you here today? I'm going to pray for those of you who are controlling folks. But I also want to pray for those of you who are trying to get out of relationships like that. So I'm just pray real quick. Father, I thank you for folks who are watching and listening here today. And if there are those who say, Pastor, I find that I'm a controlling person. Like listening to what you're saying, I fit that bill. I want to change. Lord, I pray uh, that for that person, they, they would make that move to say, Lord, forgive me for trying to play God. Forgive me for trying to control somebody else. And I pray that they go to that person that they have had that unhealthy relationship with. And Lord, that they, they iron things out. There's forgiveness, there's reconciliation, and, and they can move on. Lord, for those who are on the other end of that and they're being controlled by somebody, may they have the courage and boldness to stand up and change the relationship. Lord, I pray they would, uh, they would realize that, hey, I've got to give control of my life over to the Lord. I got to give everything over to Him. In fact, if, if you haven't done that yet, it's a simple prayer I, wanna, I want you to say along with me just like this. Lord, forgive me for my sin. God, I'm sorry for the wrong that I've done. I, I, I'm not going to run my life anymore. I'm, I'm handing the keys over to you. I need you to forgive me for what I've done and forgive me for all the wrongs in my life and be my savior. And, and from this day forward, I, because you're going to be in control and you're going to call the shots, I'm not going to do that. And so, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to surrender my life over and follow you every step of the way. You be Lord of my life. You lead me. You guide me. I'm going to serve you. Father, thank you for those who are watching and listening who have said those prayers here today. I pray you bless them and be with them wherever they happen to be. Help them to have healthy relationships with each other, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. 
like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.